Welcome to Practicing Connection in a Complex World, a podcast exploring the personal stories and collective practices that empower us to work together to improve our resilience and readiness in a rapidly changing world. Here to start the conversation are Jessica Beckendorf and Bob Birch. Welcome to Practicing Connection in a Complex World. I'm Jessica Beckendorf. And I'm Bob Birch, and I'm super excited for our conversation today. I recently had a chance to travel to the United States Army War College and be part of the Senior Spouse Leadership Seminar in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. It's a fantastic program, and it was facilitated by our guest today, Lauren O'Donnell. And in just a few minutes, a couple minutes, actually, we'll talk with Lauren about the seminar, military spouses, informal leadership, and just whatever else comes up in our conversation. But first, we want to share an opportunity for you to get our new free resource that Jessica and our colleague Bridget Scott and I have created. It's called Eight Ways to Cultivate Community in Times of Change. It's based on our 2021 asset-based community recovery workshops. This booklet is full of practical ideas you can use to boost your community building and deepen relationships. Sign up for our monthly email newsletter and you'll get a free copy of this resource. It was developed exclusively for our subscribers. If you're already signed up as a member of the Practicing Connection community and you'd like to receive the booklet, just email us at oneopnetworkliteracy at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you need more information on that, you can always find us on our website, oneop.org slash network dash literacy. So let's get to our conversation. Our guest on this episode is Lauren O'Donnell. Lauren is a consultant with extensive experience in facilitation, communication, strategic planning, engagement, and much more. And she's currently working as a curriculum developer and operations officer at the United States Army War College, where she organized and led the Senior Spouse Leadership Seminar. Lauren, I'm super excited to see you again and to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bob. The feeling is mutual, and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. So maybe we could start off with you telling us just a little bit about the Senior Spouse Leadership Seminar. What is it? How did it get started? Yeah, so I I probably should start by talking a little bit about the the Army War College, the U.S. Army War College. This is um, an institution that senior military officers attend, um, generally Army, because it is the Army War College, although officers from all branches of service attend, and we also have a lot of international partners that attend. So this is just a really stimulating place to be and to work. I'm really want to give a lot of praise to the War College because they recognize that when service members attend this year of learning, um, where they get a master's degree and they learn a lot about strategic thinking and sort of next level leadership, the War College offers a complementary program to spouses if the service members bring their spouses with them for the year. So it, uh, you know, there's a spouse program that runs the entire year that the service members are here at the War College. It provides a lot of good 
professional, personal development, again, helping spouses to sort of transition their thinking from operational level leadership, informal leadership when we're talking about a spouse, but operational level to a more strategic level, uh, much more big picture thinking. And fortunately, the Senior Spouse Leadership Seminar is the culmination of what the spouses receive here at, at, the, at the end of their year of training. So it gives them an opportunity to reflect on what they've learned, um, to, to further synthesize the information that they've gained, to further develop the connections they've made with the other spouses that are here taking advantage of that opportunity. And also just to, to add some additional tools to their toolkit as they prepare to go back out um, into the Army and around the world um, to serve alongside their service members. Yeah, can you... Tell us a little bit about, I think this is something that I was trying to understand when I had the opportunity to join you guys there, is um, how spouses, you know, what role those spouses play. And I understand the spouses choose to kind of play maybe different roles. Maybe the easiest way to ask this question is why is it important to train spouses or to offer this educational opportunity to spouses of military members participating in in the leadership program at the Army War College. Yeah, I think it's a it's just an incredibly unique experience that of a military spouse where I mean really they are required in one way or another to serve alongside you know, they're the person that's actually in in the army or the navy or the air force. Um, I, those you know, our, our service members just simply can't do what they do, um, you know, especially in recent years, although I'm, I'm sure veterans of, of prior, you know, wars and engagements would say the same. Um, you know, the the service in the military is, is so kind of all-consuming that I think the family really needs to be on board. Um, it involves a lot of moving, a lot of separation, a lot of, um, you know, challenges, a, a ton of transition. Um, and the Army recognizes that they can strengthen the Army, um, they can strengthen the soldier, they can strengthen the family, they can strengthen the spouse by providing these opportunities to develop skills that are that are necessary to be able to navigate this somewhat complicated and complex lifestyle. So, you know, a, a, an opportunity like uh, the Senior Spouse Leadership Seminar does provide just, you know, a higher level, next level perspective on what what's the best way to do this and and I appreciate what you said Bob and it's so true um, spouses choose to you know embrace the the informal leadership roles uh, in the military in different ways and I also love it that the army recognizes that you know we're we are all unique individuals and so we may show up to do this in different ways and in the ways that are most important to us or in the ways that that most resonate with us but it still is incredibly helpful to be provided these opportunities to learn um, you know what are the ways that we can step in what are the ways that we can influence things for the greater good in the army um, there are so many opportunities to do that and when the when the spouse is empowered to do that, when they're given the tools to do that, it, it really is, I, I love to call spouse, I mean, they're really a force multiplier because the way that they build up the army um, and their own soldier and their own family is just, um, you know, it's incredibly important and significant. So how did you come into your role? Tell the story of, of how 
you got to where you are today and what interested you in getting involved and what what keeps you going? Yeah, so I would say a lot of luck. Um, I feel incredibly lucky and grateful to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I have been a spouse married to an Army officer for over 30 years. Um, I do need to give a little shout out to my husband and say that, you know, he always really included me. And as he grew up in the Army, learning how to be a good leader, um, I had the opportunity to watch him do that and to be the beneficiary of, you know, the Army's training too. And and so I just feel like as an, as an Army spouse myself, I just had the opportunity to be an inc- a student of leadership and a student of really great leadership. You know, my husband and uh, so many other, you know, service members that, that we've had the privilege to serve with. But he really showed me early on how important the engagement was and the concern for, you know, other soldiers and other families. And, you know, the opportunities as, that we had as he advanced in the army, you know, to really be a voice and, and, a and, for, for people that didn't have that opportunity. So, you know, I just, I, I really do. I've, I'm not going to say it's always been easy, but I definitely feel that it's always been a privilege to serve alongside my husband as, as a spouse who could, you know, benefit from the leadership lessons the Army teaches, explore additional learning on my own, and um, come to the point where I really felt like I could, I could influence things and I could provide some informal leadership that, that proved to be an asset um, to the Army and to other Army families who just won my heart um, over this 30-year journey. I'm just, I'm, I'm so proud to stand alongside them. So my Army spouse experience um, was, one, was one reason that I, I came into this role. Um, here at the War College, there's also um, a program called the Army Strategic Education Program. And it is what the Chief of Staff of the Army is chartered, you know, to, to plan advanced education for the, most, the Army's most senior leaders. Um, and so I actually got hired into the Army Strategic Education Program to develop spouse curriculum for the spouses of, of our Army's most senior leaders. And in that role, um, I just have learned so much and, you know, have really kind of sharpened my skills as a curriculum developer. And, and so when this opportunity came along to, to have someone develop the senior spouse leadership seminar and they asked me, I, I considered that an absolute honor. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what you developed. Um, you know, one of the things, there's a lot of things that stood out about the, about this year's senior spouse leadership seminar. Um, and obviously things that connected with Jessica and my work, uh, especially like dealing with change and complexity, and that seemed to be an emphasis for you in in designing the seminar. Why do you think that's important? You've already kind of mentioned that military life is is complex in general, but um, why did you take the approach that that you did to um, kind of designing the seminar this year? So, yes, I think, I mean, it, it, it does sort of boil down to that idea that these spouses are, are, I mean, they're really exceptional in their ability to navigate the complexities of military life. And I don't know that it's, that it can be fully understood um, by people who have, who have not walked in these shoes. Again, I'm appreciative that the Army recognizes it, but, you know, a spouse in, in their family, because the service member is showing up for work every day. And, you know, I mean, they move, they, they get promoted, they may new, move to a new position, they, you know, and then they have a 
title and they have a job to do and they, you know, there's a lot more gray area for a spouse. I mean, there's a lot more, how am I going to help, you know, my soldier make this transition? How am I going to help my family make this transition? If they have children, how am I going to help my children? Um, How am I going to find a new job that gives me career progression? How am I going to develop a whole new network of friends and support every two years, especially when, you know, my main supporters may be my family or my friends back home that I don't have access, you know, as easy access to anymore, at least in a physical sense. So I think that that spouses just need to be given an incredible amount of credit for the way that they do you know, hang in there and and manage all of these complexities and all of this change alongside their service member. Um, again, I think spouses do it kind of naturally. I mean, I I've, I I have watched in awe over thirty years as you know every single military spouse I've known. Um, figures it out. I mean, certainly some stumble along the way. Certainly we all stumble along the way at some point, but um, that, you know, they really are incredibly flexible and adaptable and constantly learning um, really great at understanding and utilizing their resources. But, you know, again, it, it doesn't hurt um, certainly, and is certainly actually very helpful when occasionally they can get some, some more formalized, training and, and some more formal, formalized education around how to do that, how to navigate transition, how to negotiate change, how to cope when you're part of a system where much of um, the environment in which you function in is out of your control, right? Um, so I think that it, it just makes sense. And, and at this level, we really are, at the War College, we really are talking about spouses who are going to go out and guide other families, other spouses and other families through those processes as well. So not only are we, do we want them to think about it in terms of, you know, can, how can I apply these, this learning and, and these lessons in a way that benefits me, but how can I also guide others through this process? That's where, that's where the real value of spouses, I think, comes in um, that may be underestimated a little bit is how much they pave the way and, and reach a handout to others um, and and help them navigate this journey. I mean, it really is. I, I say all the time, I never could have done this. There's no way that my husband would still be serving in the army if I hadn't had so many spouses before me, um, you know, reaching out a hand to say, come on, Lauren, you can do this. You know, let me show you how, um, let me help you. And, um, you know, that's really, that's really what these spouses at the War College who raise their hands for these opportunities, that's really what they're volunteering for. It's, it's pretty incredible. I got to experience a lot of that firsthand myself, just watching my mom get involved in, as a military spouse, get involved in some leadership roles. And, you know, years later, I look back at that time and I'm still really proud of my mom for the roles that she took on. So I'm glad that you brought up this idea of them kind of serving as leaders among other families, because all of the changes that you mentioned 
are really somewhat specific to military life. But then at the same time, Lauren, you've got all of the societal changes happening, the turmoil. And and I promise I'm not leading this up to a question about specific, <laughs> um, you know, uh, specific um, complexities and change within society. But we know we've all been alive in these last couple of years. And we know all of the turmoil that's been happening. And so here they are dealing with all of those changes you discussed. Plus, all this other stuff is going on, and that's all affecting them as well. You know, what do you think the spouses who go through this program take away from this experience? What have you heard from them? Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, Jessica, because it is so true. I mean, a, a, a real driving um, force behind the planning of this year's seminar. We, we've been fortunate recent years, I think, to there are a lot of organizations that are doing a lot more research around, um, you know, military families and military spouses. And, um, you know, we do know both through research and anecdotally that, you know, the isolation of the past couple of years due to COVID has really taken a toll on people. I think, you know, I can, I can just speak from my personal experience. I, I unfortunately have not done or, you know, have not read a ton of research, but, but, you know, we know that isolation um, you know, can really take a toll on people and military spouses who really rely on these networks of support um, and these networks of friendship and um, community, you know, it, 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 it really impacted them. It, it's, it's, I mean, I, it, I just, I just try to even imagine, you know, how lonely it is when you move to a new place and you don't know anybody, um, you know, compound that with you move to a new place and you don't know anybody and you have no opportunity to get out and meet anybody. Um, you know, we've heard from so many spouses that are, are a lot of our traditions in the army where we welcome one another and we, you know, we gather as neighbors and, and as organizations or as units and and we start to establish our circles of connection and community and and all of that came to a screeching halt right and that's that's not that's not something that's unique to the military community but it certainly i think it made it exponentially tougher to be a military family and to have that you know isolation that comes from constant transition compounded by the isolation that came from covid so um so yes it, it was a huge goal a, a great objective of the course to get people to connect and to be reminded i it i guess i feel a little bit sad about the fact but i mean even for me personally um we need to be reminded that connection is so vital to our survival that's pretty that's pretty um, dramatic um, but our certainly our happiness certainly our ability to um, you know fit in and thrive in, in even challenging situations so we definitely wanted to incorporate into the into the leadership seminar you know this idea that it's that they are charged with going back out into the military and getting those connections going again you know that it's it's a it's a tough thing to do it's a tough thing i think for people to envision how am i going to get 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 back out there and get people joining again get people coming out again get people participating again it, it's an it's going to be an obstacle to their a new one for this group of spouses that are leaving the war college and um, i i know that that was a big takeaway and that's bob you attending really couldn't have been more perfect and you know bob shared the the circle guide uh, and you know to give them sort of a step-by-step -step 
process for reconnecting with people and and helping others be encouraged to reconnect and to overcome some of that awkwardness or that anxiety around stepping back out there. They were so grateful to have, you know, something really tangible that they could take with them to to help kickstart that that rebuilding and of community and that reconnection so that that it was a huge success and a, and a major major takeaway for them from the seminar oh that's really interesting lauren i didn't even think about the isolation of covid and yet it's so it's so important to keep that in mind i i do often think about the military families that are somewhere in the communities that i serve um, in the upper midwest because my community has found social isolation to be such a problem in our community that they actually have formed full groups that have been funded by our local hospital system to um, work on connectedness and weaving connections within our community. And that's not even a military community. So like the extra kind of pressure of moving to a brand new area where you can't get out and meet people, um, you know, is, is really important. And I think it really speaks to, you know, the uniqueness of, um, you know, some of the things that military families deal with. And also it speaks to the fact that this is actually an even bigger issue, right? People who are not in the military are also dealing with isolation. It's really interesting. And um, the more we all can be as welcoming, truly welcoming and open and um, connected with others, um, the more that that can spread and, and, you know, perhaps more people will feel more connected. And we can do that even with COVID. It's just, um, it's just not traditional. You know, one of the things that when I was uh, joined, got to join you guys in, in Carlisle, uh, that really kind of stuck out to me is we've talked a lot about military spouses as military spouses, but just the intersectionality of the whole thing is like, these are people also with careers and master's degrees in public health uh, and uh, plans for things, you know, uh, community efforts and organizations that might be, you know, uh, in addition to or outside of their of of their role in the in the military. And I just um, I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit, maybe in your own experience or people that you have known or know through the seminar about this sort of uh, capacity that. I think has gained from bringing that expertise, that education and expertise and experience from the non-military part of people's lives to the military and vice versa. Yes. So it's kind of one of the, is the right word, paradox of, of military life and especially as a military spouse is that, you know, on the one hand, you have this incredible opportunity to be an informal leader in the army, but that's not, or in the military, you know, in general, but I mean, that's not necessarily for some people that may not be what really fulfills them. I mean, it's, it is, you know, we want to make sure, and I think the army communicates this well, you know, it's definitely a choice to step into these informal leadership roles and to embrace them. Um, I think what I really like to say, though, is if if people choose to do that alongside their other aspirations and endeavors, uh, if they choose to do that, then they can really do some powerful good. And and again, I wish I I mean I wish I had an answer to your question. I think in my own experience, I can say that because military service is really service oriented, 
um, almost every military family I've ever met, you know, understands the idea of something much larger than yourself that you're giving to. And um, I think that, you know, again, in my experience, the spouses that I meet, they, they really just are wired that way, you know, to think that, that they can utilize their skills and their, and their associations with, you know, their, their service member, um, their experience as they move from place to place and learn about how to, you know, support their family through all of these transitions. And I just have met very few that aren't very passionate about sharing that, about sharing what they've learned how to do and and um, sharing that and, and being very service-oriented towards others. So I hope that answered the question. I mean, I, I would love to know. I mean, I'm sure, again, somewhere there's a study that talks about, you know, I know that they talk about service service members are are somewhat type A personalities, and they tend to marry. Um, <laughs> you know, they tend to have spouses that are also very high achievers. And I just do think that you know this lifestyle. Um, you know, you find a lot of people that are lifelong learners, um, that are very ambitious when it comes to learning and doing the best they can and really achieving. And they're people that really believe in serving others. They really believe in using the skills and the talents that they have to make this life a little bit easier for others. So um, it's just, it's, it's really impressive. It's really special. Well, I think, I mean, I really appreciated that your, what you brought to the seminar, which I think embraced that sort of intersectionality that it wasn't there was a lot of information that, you know that was military focused which is important for these spouses to know what they had to look forward to when you know they uh their military service member maybe took on a leadership role on a base somewhere or so that was great but i think a lot of what you also brought to it was education that they could use in ways that they could leverage more than just their military part of their experience in their leadership you know when we talk about this informal leadership in the military i mean it's really all voluntary you know which again i think is is notable and remarkable in that you know most people who do step into these roles they do it you know because it's sort of a calling again that service orientation right but but you're so right i mean what here at the leadership seminar and i mean across the military we want spouses to be successful and find fulfillment in in whatever that is that that really um you know i guess their why right or or whatever it is that really brings them joy um and if we can offer a seminar that provides learning and skills and information around that they can that can be applicable to to whatever it is they're doing whether that is a career whether that's in their role as you know the the help supporting their children um a lot of them do a lot of other volunteering in the school system or, you know, I mean, there's just, there, there, yes, we want this information and this learning to be applicable across a broad spectrum of, of things that they're interested in and that they're working towards and that they're achieving. So 
Lauren, are there things that emerged from the senior spouse leadership seminar experience that might be helpful to other military spouses or really to any of us, to, to anyone trying to practice informal leadership? Yes, I, I really, I really hope all of it. Um, you know, some of it was was very specific to a military community, but but I think the things that you know are relevant across the board. Um, you know, we talked about pro-social behavior and the the importance of doing good for others, and how you know in the in the positive psychology um, world how important that is, and how that builds social capital, and how important that is. You know, so I think that it's a good reminder. I mean, I think sometimes when we when we think about um, and, and again, I, I'm going to relate this to a military community, but I think that you could it, it's relatable. You know, in in multiple contexts, um, when you think about taking care of other people or doing for other people in in the busy world that we live in today, sometimes maybe that can feel like a little bit of a burden or that can feel like something that um, we might not have the energy to do, right? If we're just kind of hanging on by our fingernails or keeping our own um, head above water, the idea of of helping and being there for other people can seem somewhat overwhelming. Um, Again, in our communities, we were coming off of, you know, over two decades of war. So the, the, the roles that spouses stepped into during that time, I mean, it was, it was just the toughest, right? I mean, some of the toughest roles you can imagine. And we have, you know, caregivers and, and again, applicable across many, many contexts. But uh, so, so, you know, that reminder, though, that 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 is something that really builds us up, right? You, you don't only have the benefit of, of building up the people that you're helping, but what an incredible twofer. Um, you know, you get to do something wonderful for somebody else, and, and you also are the beneficiary of um, the, the good, positive um, feelings and emotions that you gain from that. So I think that's an important thing for all of us to remember, again, after you know, a, a couple tough years of a lot of contentious narratives. And, you know, again, COVID, I mean, I, I just think that reminder of kindness and doing good for others and how powerful that is, you know, for us and for everyone else. So I think that that's an important one. Again, we had some very specific training on, um, well, we had we had someone from the Resilience Directorate that talked about how do you overcome stuck points um, and the stories that we tell ourselves that maybe hold us back. And I think the audience responded incredibly well to that. You know, some self-assessment about, um, you know, I'm telling myself that this is something I can't do or it's going to be too hard or I don't have the talent or I don't have the time. Um, a lot of times those are the, those are stories that we tell ourselves that if we look at them just a little bit more closely, we can learn that um, that those aren't necessarily true um, and that we can get some motivation and some inspiration to step beyond those stuck points and, and go after what we want to what we want to go after, whether that's our own personal goals or goals that we've set for our family or for our community or our organization or whatever that may be. So I think that was a very powerful lesson um, that they took away from it. We had a whole day of talking about informal leadership and um, some amazing presenters that really talked about, um, you know, transformational leaders. And I, and I think a lot of times military spouses are just in the way that they, you know, because they don't have an official role, they don't really have, you know, a leadership platform. They don't really have authority. Um, they tend to lead by 
by inspiration. Um, they tend to lead by really understanding their the the people that they're hoping to help um, and really listening to their needs. And so I think there was a a lot of encouragement there um, in how to be a transformational leader. We talked a lot about adaptive leadership. And again, spouses are incredibly good at that. They may not be the experts, you know, on, on the problem to be solved, but boy, they sure are good at bringing a group together and listening and drawing out the strengths and the skills of the group um, to get to the answer that works best for everybody. So I think it was, and, and they may not have had that label. They, they may have been doing that for years, but may, may not really have understood that, that they were leading, you know, in an adaptive leadership style. So I think it was great for them to hear, um, you know, how successful that is and, and what, how, how, um, satisfying it is to be a follower when you're when you're following somebody that inspires you and that and that leads you by seeing you and recognizing who you are and what you need spouses are so good at that but it, it gave them sort of the language and the framework to understand what they're doing um and then of course you know bob talking to us about resilience you know and how it I mean, these are these are some tough cookies. I mean, I love to use that term when it comes to spouses. I mean, they're really tough. They're really brave. Um, they really overcome some very difficult situations. But the reminder that Bob gave us that, you know, that sometimes, you know, life hands you something that takes you to your knees and, and it, it may be not fair to think that you have to come out of that really tough situation on your own, that you just have to be such a rugged individual that you can, you can solve that problem and you can figure out a way out um, and how, um, how much relief and safety and concern and love comes from recognizing that you can get that help from others. Um, I really do think that that's, that's a really, really important lesson um, for this audience, just because they do spend so much time solving problems on their own. They do spend so much time just really kind of gutting it out, um, some of the tough situations that they face. And and that reminder that help is a beautiful thing and that we all need it and that the more you can nurture that connection and that community that makes it easier for you to ask, um, maybe make gets you to the point where you don't even need to ask because... Um, you know, people are there and they're connected to you and they know what you need. Um, I think that that was just an incredible reminder to this group. And, and I, I think an incredible relief because they do feel like they're taking a lot on their shoulders if they step into these voluntary leadership roles. And to know that by doing that with this community that wants them to succeed and is going to be there when things get tough. I, I think that it's just a perfect way to round out the week and, and really encourage them that they can do what they're, what they're about to do, whatever that is. Again, whether that's to step into a leadership role, whether that's just to make this move, um, whether that's to keep their marriage strong in light of, you know, separation after separation after separation. And again, all the context that everyone has to walk through and, and overcome and, and find success and find happiness. I just want to tag on to something you said, Lauren, because this idea of cultivating some relationships of, of people who can, who can help you uh, when you need help or who you have thought of um, specifically, this person could help me with fill in the blank with whatever that is. But I think one extra step that I 
sometimes forget about is telling that person that that's what I'm hoping they might be able to help me with at some point too, right? So cultivating the relationship, but then also asking for it, not just when I need it, but even giving them a little heads up like, hey, I'm really hoping that if I'm if I'm in a situation, um, you might be able to help me with X, you know, you might be able to help me with whatever, whatever it is you need. Because A, I think that that even helps build and cultivate the relationship even more and it helps build some more trust. But also I think it helps solidify the idea in your mind that you can ask for that person, right? It's not something you've kept a secret. You haven't kept it a secret from them that you're that you're going to ask. You know, this is not a manipulative relationship. You're not trying to like build this relationship so you can use them, right? You really are trying to cultivate relationships that are supportive of of your needs. But also I think we forget to communicate what our needs are unless it's in the moment. And even in the moment, I think we can have some shame and um and maybe um feelings of guilt um uh, for asking for help in the moment. So tell them ahead of time. So they're they're gonna wait, they're gonna be waiting for you. The other part of that is also you're giving that person permission to help you because I yes. think that is something that we definitely sometimes need to do, right? We don't want to offend somebody by offering help where it may not be needed. So uh, I think I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Good point. Yes. I need to practice that. I love it. That, that's great. Great uh, conversation. Well, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for joining us for the podcast, for the invitation to come out and be with such an awesome, awesome group of people at the Senior Spouse Leadership Seminar. Thanks so much for being part of our Practicing Connection community. Yes, I, I feel honored and I'm, I'm so happy that this connection has continued to develop um, and I can't wait to you know continue to follow your work and, and to continue to... Um, you know, plug others in as well, because I just think that that what you offer here is just really what what the world needs right now. So thank you for all that you do. And, and thank you so much for sharing it in such a personal way with me and with the with the group here at the War College. Hi, I'm Chris Pline from One Op. I hope you'll join me for our 2022 Academy series, Family Wellbeing, Navigating the Social Justice Landscape. This online learning experience is coming this June. Take advantage of this multidisciplinary approach to a complex issue facing service providers working with military families. This unique blend of asynchronous courses, discussions, and live events will equip you to identify barriers that impact a family's health and well-being and identify opportunities for social justice advocacy in your work. Find out more at oneop.org slash MFRA slash social justice. That's it for this episode. Thanks again to our guest, Lauren O'Donnell, for joining us for this conversation. We'd also like to thank our announcer, Kaylin Goebel, our colleague, Chris Plein, for contributing to today's episode, Hannah Hyde and Terry Meisenbach for their help with marketing, and Nathan Grimm, who composed and performed all the music you hear on the podcast. Finally, thank you for joining us. We hope you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, keep practicing.
Practicing Connection in a Complex World is a production of One-Op and is supported by the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, U.S. Department of Agriculture, and the Office of Military Family Readiness Policy, U.S. Department of Defense, under award number 2019-48770-30366.